everybody, and welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 105, Multitasking. Oh, yes. Multitasking. Still, still waking up. I, which is the, what time is it? Well, it's COVID o'clock here, here in the, <laughs> the Nordstrom Bailey household, uh, I think. Yeah, it's been a really weird few weeks. <laughs> so we got back from Italy and then we moved like a, a week, a week later. after we got back. Uh, and then we both got COVID and you've had... Since then, I've also had... So this is all within three weeks. Yeah. I've also been to three conferences in three different cities and I'm leaving for another one today in less than an hour. <laughs> one one conference at which you got COVID. Yeah, I did get yeah. COVID at one of them. And somehow these conference timing aligned so that you didn't have to go to one with COVID. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, I mean, I think I got COVID in the beginning of a conference, which meant that by the time my 10 or 14 day period where I had to be like under restrictions, it, that was over by the time I had to go to the next conference, which is, yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, fortuitous timing if you're going to get COVID, but... You are so good at uh, scheduling that you penciled in getting COVID. <laughs> I just got lucky, <laughs> I think, on that one. And then you got COVID and you were hit pretty hard. So yeah. it's been a rough few weeks but in the Bailey Nordstrom. We household. did it. We were going to do... We, we were saying, like, should we do a rewind podcast? But here we are. Here we are. We showed up. Multitasking. That's worth a review on the App Store. No, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> also, we're not actually multitasking. I was trying to use that as a segue because uh, we're not actually multitasking because uh, what we're talking about in this episode is the kind of moment-to-moment multitasking. Yeah. What do you think people think when they hear the word multitasking? Do you think they think like, oh, she does so much. She has all so many things on the go. Or do you think they think in the moment switching between multiple things? I think people use this term very loosely. Yeah. And yeah. part of that, I mean, I if I hear one more person say, oh, women are better at multitasking than men, I will lose my mind. Why? Because I th- I don't think that's actually been proven. And no. it's, it's also just a, I think there's a difference in maybe individual differences in how you can task switch perhaps and get back into focusing. But I don't think this falls like purely on gender lines. No, there, there are differences in how men and women relate to different tasks. Oh, I, so, I'm not disputing so that. So women will see a situation uh, with more complexity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. And, and it's kind of related to multi, but that's not multitasking. No, that's not multitasking. Yeah. So back to your question, I think what people are mostly talking about is this idea that, oh, I can like watch a show and do work, or I can listen to a whole podcast while I'm coding or something. You probably can't no. do either of those things effectively and uh, in the way that you think you do. Yeah. This actually, I proved this to myself in a way where I used to think, I could do chores and watch a movie or cook and watch a movie because I've done that forever. Yeah, I've, you watch Friends all, all the time. I, so. or, or like a Marvel movie. I'll, I'll watch something dumb while I cook or do chores. And then I did. Are I you watched, saying Marvel's not cinema? 
Sorry, go on. I, oh my that's gosh, a we're not waving into that. <laughs> but so I watched Ted Lasso when I was cooking or doing chores. And then I watched it with you and we were just sitting and just watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. And I realized I had missed a huge proportion of the episode. Yeah. Like where I thought I knew what had happened and I really, really didn't. So even I think at the the simplest definite or form of multitasking where you're just doing chores and watching a show, which neither of those things are particularly mentally ta- mentally taxing, Yeah, I wasn't doing either thing well. Like I probably also didn't clean the house well. So No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was actually kind of shocked where I thought that was the level of multitasking that would be feasible yeah. and I proved myself <laughs> wrong. Well, the, yeah, I'm, I'm happy you said that because the, the level at which we can multitask and how much we can do in the moment is not very high. Uh, but people walk around and say, never multitask, mm-hmm. never do more than one thing at one time. And I actually kind of disagree with that kind of advice because uh, multitasking does work. Like who's to say you can't walk down the sidewalk while avoiding the cracks in the sidewalk, while mm-hmm. uh, chewing gum, while doing something else simple, snapping your fingers. I can't you, even do that you, on the best of days. Imagine the oldest man in a top hat doing all of these things at one time, because uh, that's who would snap their fingers, probably while listen, whistling at the same time. We can do things that are habits at the same time. The problem with multitasking is when one of these habits requires a conscious intervention of some sort. Uh, And so driving is a good example of this. So let's say you have your usual route on the way home, uh, but then you hit a detour, right? You can usually go through that route on autopilot mode, not really thinking, maybe listening to a podcast uh, in the car at the same time. It's fine. No problem. Mm -hmm. No problem to do do that at the same time. But then when you hit a detour sign you probably have to pause the podcast or traffic gets intense and you have to pause the podcast because it requires more conscious intervention. And that's that's kind of the the key to think about is the more conscious intervention something requires, uh, which is uh, just a form of thinking about something and something requiring your attention in the moment, um, the less you're going to be able to multitask with something. Um, and so, you know, movies are very good because they're, they're a good example because they don't matter, but yet they require conscious uh, mm-hmm. attention in order to do well. Because, you know, you kind of hand off your attention to the director who guides it through the, the movie experience. And you need that in order to experience uh, something fully. But it, it's really interesting. We can multitask, but the level at which we can uh, is very, very low because of the number of things that require this conscious intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the this really hit home a little while ago with that, yeah. that Ted Lasso thing. So I was uh, surprised at how much I missed, I guess. Multitasking is not life. No, it's no. not. But football is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can multitask with habits if they don't require much thought, if they don't require much conscious intervention. But for things that require active attention, our performance really, really does suffer. And that leads into the problem with multitasking. So what do you, what do you mean by active attention? Yeah, just something you need to focus on <laughs> in order to move forward with. Um, you know, if you don't need to focus on something, you can multitask with it. And that could be something as obvious as 
like actually coding or writing, but it could be also like the detour on your, on your route, right? Like that's no longer a habitual task. Is that all the differences? Yeah. Okay. Coding requires active attention. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. So what is it about multitasking that makes something less efficient then? Well, okay. It, it comes down to two words. Mm-hmm. Those words are attention residue. Have you heard of this idea? I have. Of course I have. Okay. We, yeah, have, we have talked about Yeah, this. we talk about this stuff, but I don't think, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod before. Uh, maybe? I would almost be willing to bet a lot of, I would, no, I would be willing to bet a lot of oh, money we have. Oh, is this on, on a, the metaphorical bingo card for the, the podcast? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so attention residue, it's a term coined by researcher Sophie Leroy. Um, and what it is, is we can't, cleanly go from doing one thing to doing another thing. Because there's always a part of our mind that is remembering the thing that we were just doing. And so we're having this conversation right now on the pod. After this, you're going to go on the train ride. I'm probably going to lay on the couch. I don't know what I'm going to do after this. I'll drink this tea probably. Sit here and pine about me. Yeah, I'll probably do a lot of pining, which will require conscious intervention <laughs> uh, to, to do right. Um, and a part of us will each be remembering what we were talking about on the podcast. We'll recall it. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to it in our mind's eye. And that is attention residue. Attention residue are the remnants from the previous thing that we were just doing that stay in our working memory. So they stay in our short-term memory when we switch to doing something else. And so if we could cleanly switch from doing one thing to another thing to another thing without any residue whatsoever... Multi, we probably would honestly be able to multitask with complex things. But the fact of the matter is that A, takes a, a while for us to retrieve things from our longer memories, uh, to bring them into our working memory so that we can manipulate them and use them in the moment. Um, but it also uh, is not clean to go from one thing to another. So multitasking in this way, it's, you know, it feels clean sometimes when we're in the moment. And the thing about multitasking is we actually rank our productivity as being higher than it actually is. Um, but it's, it's interesting because of this attention residue, this stuff that exists in our mind from the previous thing that we were just doing, we can't cleanly switch. And so that creates inefficiencies because not only do we have to load the next task, we have to forget the previous thing. And the research suggests that things take, depending on their complexity, 40 to 60% longer because of this. So I think this actually raises a question about what you mean by multitasking. Because what yeah. you just described was really about task switching, yeah. right? Yeah. Not multitasking, not like purely doing two things simultaneously. Well, you, I, I, yeah. I think the reason for that is because, when, I mean, we've, I think we've talked about this a little before on the show, but the idea of multitasking, people often it's actually what they're doing is task switching. Like you're not actively ever doing two things and there are reasons for that. So there's actually a really good paper in um, Nature Reviews Neuroscience and from 20, like just oh. this year. Um, and it talks about, I mean, there are just huge cognitive costs associated with purely multitasking. Like mm. your brain just cannot process two kinds of things that are, are very disparate or very different yeah. or that involve any kind of knowledge. So in those kinds of cases, like if you're trying to actively like develop some kind of new ability, this is where that kind of like active focus comes into play. Yeah. Um, you actually, your brain just cannot do both of those things. And so what we end up doing is switching, right? Yeah. And so I think this gets to the idea of like when people talk about, oh, I can do two things at once. 
what you're actually doing is just switching all the time. And when you, what you can't do that because there's this attentional residue. Right. And so I think this is true in a minute to minute basis, but I also know like, so myself, I know you wrote a note here about kind of switching projects rather than switching like yeah. moment to moment. Which you're, you're good at. I'm actually not good at that. Yes, so, you are. No, You're better than you think I have, you are. I am good at managing a portfolio of projects, but I very rarely switch from like even one project to the next, like even hour to hour. I like. Yeah, I, yeah. I think even that has some residue, right? Like you are constantly, part of your mind is still working on something that you were working on before. Yeah, and the deeper you go with something, the deeper the work the more residue there is. Yeah. So I've actually, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I'm good at having multiple projects moving forward simultaneously, but I'm very, I'm not good at at doing things like in one day, I don't usually work on eight projects. But I, so I think I just want to kind of clarify that because I think what people think about is multitasking ends up turning into task switching, which is what the problem is. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned uh, memory, in terms of, and it really memory is the interesting thing that's affected with multitasking. Um, you know, in terms of the residue that exists in your mind, in terms of loading up things and getting rid of things from your memory, it's not clean. It's not like a computer where you can load it instantly in a snap of a finger. And interestingly, memory is even affected on a neurological level. Uh, Hmm. So when we're multitasking and, well, rapidly switching between things, because there's this kind of flip book effect is how I think of it, uh, where... When you flip in a flip book, it it creates the illusion that things are moving, but really you're just rapidly switching between the different pages of something uh, to create that illusion. That's what multitasking is. It's kind of like going frame by frame between two things so that it looks like you're doing them at the same time, but really you're not. But uh, in terms of memory, as memory goes, we actually shift the processing of a situation away from our hippocampus, which is responsible for memory, to the rote centers of our mind. So the parts of our mind that are responsible for habits Mm -hmm. uh, when we uh, are trying to rapidly switch between more than one thing at one time. So it's another cost that we add to the pile. Uh, But we assess our productivity to be higher than it actually is when we multitask. So in, in productivity literature, which there isn't a lot of. It's kind of mostly topics that are tangentially related to productivity in the literature, like attention, like energy, like that sort of thing. You mean the academic literature? Yeah, the academic okay. literature. Well, there's there's plenty of books on productivity. Yeah. <laughs> I've contributed a few. Um, but, but in the literature, there's essentially two main topics uh, that we, or scenarios, I should say, where we assess our productivity to be higher than it actually is because the situation that we're in creates the illusion that we're being more productive. One is multitasking because we look at how busy we are as a proxy measure for how productive we are. Uh, And the next is a lack of sleep. So when we get less sleep, we assess our productivity to be higher than it actually is. Uh, Maybe for the same underlying factor, which is that we fall back on our habits, we become busier, we do things faster, we do things less efficiently, but there's more activity, so we must be more productive, right? But um, even though multitasking may uh, trick us into thinking that we are productive, much like sleep, it ends up just compromising our performance at the end of the day. 
a little bit of this. I, so this is, I'm not a, usually a very cynical person, but this feels a little bit like, you know, when people say, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I work yeah, like yeah. 80 hours a week. Like People like to feel busy. They like to feel like they have a lot going on, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that, right? It's like, I feel so important when I have 10 million things going on. And multitasking kind of allows for that, right? It, it allows people to feel like they really have a lot going on. And that can be very yeah. kind of, that can be very fulfilling in a very surface level way. But yeah, I think you're right. It's a little bit of a mental trick that we all play on ourselves. Like, oh, I'm so busy. I yeah. was multitasking all day, but I got nothing done. It is very similar. Yeah. yeah. When somebody asks how you're doing, I'm busy. So busy. But you're saying it to yourself when I mean, you we multitask. we did start the podcast being like, we're so busy. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe even we fall victim to I this. I feel important on days where I have like one thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't have to work today. Great. <laughs> just the podcast. Nice. Yeah. So tactics. We should get tactical. So mm-hmm. just bashing multitasking, which it, it, it deserves. Oh, it certainly yeah. deserves. And I also don't think people are aware of when they're multitasking or task switching and confusing that with multitasking. So I think the big part of this is really noticing when you're doing it, but Mm -hmm. also noticing when you're tempted to do it. So I find sometimes this ends up being an accident where like this will happen a lot on my commute to work where maybe I didn't quite finish my podcast on my bike ride in because my bike ride is getting shorter and shorter as I'm getting faster, which is great. Look at you. Yeah, I guess. Look at you. But it means that my commute is getting so is getting not quite long enough to finish a typical podcast episode. And so I uh, when I get to the office, I'm I'm finding myself, oh, I'll just sit down and I'll listen to I'll be banging out emails and catching up on something in the morning. And then I but I also have a podcast going and I'm like, I can't do those two things. So <laughs> no. I just notice when it's like creeping in. And this includes managing or kind of preempting where those multitasking temptations come from. Yeah. That includes things like notifications. Like maybe part of your ritual should be turning off notifications, disconnecting apps that are particularly multitask inducing, if that's a yeah. right the right term. But yeah. things like email, it just that seems to come to mind where you can't really be managing your email, but also be doing something. This is also big in a meeting, right? If you're in a meeting and you need to be fully present and focused, you should turn other things off, right? Don't let this be like a Ted Lasso problem where you can't watch Ted Lasso and do other things. So don't be in a meeting, but also have Safari or your code up at the same time if you're not actively talking about something on that screen. If you publish about this idea, you could call it the Ted Lasso problem. (laughs) <laughs> that's a catchy name for a, a paper. Uh, and, and, you know, one, one other thing that's kind of tangentially related to that is, and this is another topic that's on the bingo card of the podcast, this mm-hmm. metaphorical bingo card, uh, is novelty. You know, our, our brain rewards us for every time we focus on something new and novel. There's the novelty bias in our brain's prefrontal cortex, the logical center of our mind, mm-hmm. uh, by which for every new and novel thing we direct our attention at, we get rewarded with a hit of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we keep tending to novel things because of this, because of the fact that we feel this sense of uh, excitement and this rush and this thrill when we tend to, uh, to novelty throughout the day. But the research is something else to pair that bit of research with. Uh, Gloria Mark, who we've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, she has this great, great 
a study called Neurotics Can't Focus, and it's actually <laughs> more readable than you, you, would, you might think. Uh, we, we'll link to it in the show notes. But essentially, she finds that the median amount of time between task switches is 40 seconds. <laughs> and so all day long, we're distracted, we're interrupted, we give in to novelty, or we get interrupted by somebody else every 40 seconds or so. And so any amount of inroads that we're able to make, uh, taming this novelty bias, understanding where and when we multitask so that we bring this awareness to this, to this habit that we have, even if you catch yourself a few times, th- those are a few times that you will get back on track more quickly. All right. Mind the it. novelty. Mind the novelty. Prevent the things that... Uh, uh, lead you to be tempted to multitask or task switch. Lower the stimulation level of your mind. We mm-hmm. should do an episode on stimulation fasting. I think we have. I, what? I'm pretty sure we have. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, we'll, we'll look it up. And if we, we, we just talk about it a lot. So maybe we it just, just feels like, uh, <laughs> just like multitasking, everything is a mirage. Uh, one more tactic to leave you with uh, is mind your resistance level to things. And so we tend to multitask as, you know, this signal to ourselves that we're being busy, that we're being productive when we're resisting doing something because it kind of masks the guilt that we experience from not making progress Mm. Uh, because multitasking creates that illusion of progress and so we can fall back on that instead of making genuine progress. But one tactic for genuine progress that I love is shrinking your resistance to something until you no longer feel that resistance. And so meditation is something everybody on the planet resists and that's why we meditate. (laughs) Because if we overcome that resistance, we can do pretty much anything. Uh, But the idea behind this tactic, and this comes from my uh, friend John Kropp. He's a meditation teacher. And what he suggests doing is you just shrink how long you meditate for in your head until you no longer feel a resistance to it. Uh, Like, okay, do I want to meditate for half an hour? No. 25 minutes? No. 20? To 15? I could do 15. Uh, But it doesn't just work for meditation. It works for uh, working on things that you've been procrastinating on, that you find aversive, that fire up those triggers of procrastination when something's boring, frustrating, difficult, ambiguous, unstructured, lacking in personal meaning, or lacking in intrinsic rewards. Anything you resist, mind your resistance level, and try this tactic if you must, because multitasking is often a mask. Very cool. Cool. Yeah, that was a good amount packed in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm kind of tired of with the podcast? That, oh, that uh, impromptu. All right, let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, that intro. Oh. I'm tired of saying the same thing at the top of the show. It feels kind of repetitive at this point. Oh, well. Listeners, if you uh, agree, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if you disagree, let us know too. Maybe it's a nice welcome to the podcast. Maybe it's like a, a friend, what has become annoying to say for me, it's like MC Hammer playing Hammer Time for one more time. <laughs> it's just repetitive. <laughs> Maybe it's familiar to somebody else. I don't know. I don't really notice it anymore. So. Yeah, I bet you most people mm-hmm. don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's it. 
That's the pod. Timeandattention.fm is where you can find all the corresponding show notes and all the other episodes of the podcast. Uh, I don't mention it that often, but we have a bit of time at the end here. ChrisBailey.com is where you can find all of the articles that I'm writing. I'm finally getting to, to writing an article on that flip phone experiment after things have died down, after the book launch mode has died down uh, with How to Calm Your Mind. And yeah, mm-hmm. that feels good. Good. What's new in your... What do you want to plug? Anything? Not really anything right now. No. No? No. Look I'm at you. I'm just plugging away at work. It's wow. all good. So not self-promotional. Um, no, I guess not. No? Cool. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> we hope you have a wonderful week. We'll say, hey, 24 minutes. It's good. After the last one was 40 minutes. <laughs> have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.